felt like nobody wanted me. I felt like my life was already over. At a certain age, they don't want you. You're troubled and stuff. Even if I wanted to be adopted, who would adopt a 17-year-old? Inside, I knew, like, I'm not a troubled kid. I know what I'm in for, why I'm here. My biggest fear was that I would age out and not know how to be sufficient on my own. I had nightmares every single day at my birth mom's house. It was just really scary for me living there. I was scared, I was lost, and I felt hopeless. I felt like, don't I deserve to feel happy and loved? I just wish I'd gotten adopted sooner. Unfortunately, the number of children waiting to be adopted from foster care is on the rise. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is the only public non- It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. It's Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. It's a cold one out there in Kansas City, but I think it's supposed to snow as well today, so it's kind of yucky, yucky, yucky. But I do know here in Kansas City that there is going to be some football being played later on at 3.30 today as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's the thing. I won't be talking about that game whatsoever here on uh, on the Saturdays of Kramer on the bet right here on 1660. If you want to follow this show, head over to our sister station over on 610 Sports Radio. Starting at 10 o'clock, we have Dusty Likens on there. He's going to take you up all the way until noon as he's going to pretty much discuss the entirety of what's going to happen today uh, with the Chiefs and Jaguars. So after you're done with your baseball fix, head over to our sister station, 610 Sports Radio, to where you can hear our guy, Dusty Likens, my guy, good friend of mine, and he's one of the best in the business today. But today on Sorry as a Kramer, we will discuss everything that we want to discuss when it comes to a role as Chapman here in Kansas City. We also need to take a listen to some Celebrity Jeopardy. Yes, we, we have to. We, we, we need to discuss something here with what happened on Celebrity Jeopardy. I'm going to talk about what happened on... On MLB Network, they're releasing their rankings, and their third base one is completely ridiculous. Like, we're going to fix that for sure. And around the MLB, we're going to go around it. And also some World Baseball Classic discussions to talk as well. But let's get into it. The Kansas City Royals this week signed veteran closer, veteran reliever. Now I'm assuming he's going to be more of a, in a reliever role. A role just Chapman to one year, three point some million dollars um, in all total revenue coming to Royals this upcoming season. And before this deal actually happened, there was some legs on it earlier this week of saying, oh, it's down to two teams. It's down to Miami Marlins. It's down to the Kansas City Royals. So I hit the Bird app, and I said, you know what? Do we want to see Aroldis Chapman in a Royals uniform? And I put a poll out there, yes or no. 68% of the votes did not want Aroldis Chapman here in a Kansas City Royals uniform whatsoever. Like, they did not want to see that at all. That means 32% of them wanted to say yes. Here's the thing. We know that Aroldis Chapman is a Kansas City Royal. But do we like that? Personally, it's a step in the right direction from the Kansas City Royals. You are, you are finally cleaning everything away, knowing that your team's going to sign a, a player like Chapman because in this old regime here in Kansas City, this wouldn't have happened whatsoever. We wouldn't have seen the Aroldis Chapman come at all, because the, the Royals probably thought, okay, we already have a strong 
left-handed reliever and Amir Garrett in this bullpen, why would we need to get another strong left-handed reliever in Aroldis Chapman? And now thinking about it, putting those two arms together in the bullpen, it just explodes my mind because of all the potential that those two guys have. It doesn't matter how old Aroldis Chapman is. I think he's 34 years old. He's got a lot of tread in that arm. Heck, he's even taken a, a baseball off Salvador Perez to the to the dome in spring training once. So if you, Aroldis Chapman has been through a lot, whether it's shoulder, elbow, or head injury. He's been through it. So now he's got to milk everything out that you can of Aroldis Chapman. But having him and a guy like Amir Garrett as a one-two punch, maybe a seventh, eighth, or ninth, put him in there, slide him in there, however you want to, this could be a good potential pitching rotation. It's going to be wild one way or another. Wild of like it have all the numbers and stats out there of them being elite and dominant, or wild because of how they throw and how wild or inconsistent they are in their current age in Major League Baseball. No, it's it's weird. Even the uh, so it's this thing uh, gets a little more interesting here. Uh, if you are want to pay attention more closely into this Roldis Chapman's deal, this is per Royals review on Twitter. Chapman turned down contenders because the Royals offered him a chance to close. Do we really want to see Chapman close here in Kansas City? Do we want to see that? I mean, if you want to compare it to closers, like bringing back, it, but then again, you're not bringing a Rolda Chapman back to Kansas City. This is his first stint there. It kind of reminds me of Joe Kim Soria when he came back and he became the closer once again in Kansas City. Granted, he actually had a, a better season, I think, when he did come back in Kansas City. But prior, it was uh, it was it was getting iffy. Then then we we saw what happened with Soria. But do you want Scott Barlow or Chapman back there? And like, okay, so I hit the bird app once again, and I tweeted out the. The the would you rather see a list of these guys be your closer? And I put down our oldest Chapman, Scott Barlow, Scott Barlow, and also Josh Stalmont. And the overwhelming forty seven percent of the votes wanted Scott Barlow to be back in the back in the bullpen as a closer. And I'm thinking to myself, that's smart. That's that's great baseball. You want to have a guy like Scott Barlow in your bullpen because of the trajectory this team is heading. You are most teams out there. If they are, they, if they want to like scour or pick through a team's bullpen to help them get the push in the playoffs, like say it's around July time, they don't want to look at what Aroldis Chapman is doing. They don't, even though you you sent him that he signed that one year four three million dollar deal, and you're thinking, all right, we can grab him and flip him at the deadline or before the deadline or even like the beginning parts of the season. I don't think teams are going to go out of their way to find a guy or want to get a guy like Aroldis Chapman, unless it's those contenders that were trying to sign him for not being a closer. So now this is kind of like a flyer deal, if you want to think about the Royals, because if you want to trade somebody at the end, at the middle part of this season, that's not Aroldis Chapman who has the best upside, and that'd be Scott Barlow. So why wouldn't you put all your eggs in the basket saying, hey, Scott, you're our closer. Like you, you, you are the guy for this team to shut the door down in the ninth inning. Like th- th- that's your job. We want to give that to you, and the Royals could see what Scott Barlow has done. Which I think he what last year he saved twenty three games. I think he was a one of the best bullpen arms coming out of the Kansas City Royals bullpen. I think he's one of the best bullpen arms in baseball, but he's one of the best that comes out of the bullpen in Kansas City. Wouldn't you think he'd be a trade commodity that players or teams want to have for that final push, especially for how young he is of age in the bullpen? Like I, I would I would think there would be more upside of our wanting to put Scott Barlow in the bullpen because if you were to want to trade him, that's what our mindset is right now, is we're using these guys to trade 
to bring in more talent to see what we have for the future. Like that's, that's just your mindset you have to have for this Kansas City Royals team. And Scott Barlow is that piece that you would want to see sent away. That means Oldest Chapman may be on a Kansas City Royals uniform for this entire, entire season. But now them signing Oldis Chapman, is this seriously the best they can do? Because out of all the big-name free agents that we saw signed to teams are currently free agents right now, this is the biggest one the Kansas City Royals ever actually have done. Ryan Yarbrough, no, I, I'm sorry. Ryan, you are a great pitcher, but you haven't done anything to the caliber of what Aroldis Chapman has done in Major League Baseball. Multi-time, um, all-star, heck, he could, if he wants to relieve um, uh, to win the reliever of the year, if he stays fully healthy, he has the capability of doing that, but he needs to be locked in and focused, and we haven't really seen that for the past seven years, whether it's split between the New York Yankees or Chicago Cubs, we just really haven't seen that. We haven't. So this is literally the best that they can do. And there's players out there that want to come back to Kansas City and say a Danny Duffy to be in the starting rotation. Or a Zach Grinke. They, they, they both have set out saying that they would not mind wanting to come back. Grinke wants to come back here. He wants to finish his career in a Kansas City Royals uniform. He thinks this is the, the best style for, I guess, publicity-wise, because he doesn't want to be in the spotlight anymore, like the big spotlight, like, say, L.A., because he was there for plenty of years, whether if it was an Angels uniform or a Dodgers uniform. He was there in L.A., doesn't want to do it again. He was in Houston, doesn't want to do that again, big spotlight. So he wants to stay in Kansas City, live life low, and hopefully bring a, a, a playoff win to Kansas City. That's the mindset focus that Zach Grinke has right now. But I don't think the Royals are going to sign him. I don't, I don't think they're going to re-sign Zach Grinke, and if they do, they need to, they need to hurry up. Because, what, there's about... If I check the bird app, there was there is 68 days until opening day of Major League Baseball. That means in half of that, not even half of that, in a few weeks, pitchers and catchers are going to report. From what I'm going to play a clip later on, it sounds like Wilson Contreras is going to be actually in Jupiter, Florida, at the end of next week. Like that, that's 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 in the works. Like he's going to be there already at the end of January to want to to get a jump start on things. Like that's that's the mindset players have right now because there is 68 days until Major League Baseball is going to be played for opening day. And here's the, here's a the bright spot about that. About half of that, about half of that, we got the World Baseball Classic coming up, which I cannot wait for. But the Royals, this franchise, is all about signing the players and hopefully to trade them to hopefully get some type of return on their investments. That's just how I feel like this team is. And I'm getting tired Absolutely tired of seeing that. 2015 was the last time they won the World Series. We know this. And after since then, it's always this rinse repeat. It's not making the playoffs. It's the potential of being over 500 and you're not even making it that way. It's just, it seems like there is a slight decline in the Royals from year after year after year after year. And I'm getting tired of seeing these signings come to the Royals that are this one year, $3 million deal that you'd hope to flip or whatever Ryan Yarbrough signed, or whatever Matt Beatty signed, or insert other player that they signed that's not a really big marquee name that's not going to help this team whatsoever. He's a guy that you want to sign a trade. It's like it's there's so much what if factors. I want to see the the day. I cannot actually cannot wait for the day where I see the Royals are like you know what, let's get that Justin Verlander. Let's get that trade turn. Let's get that Xander Bogarts. We need to get at least one of them guys. That is our mindset. The offseason focus. What's and that's not happening anytime soon because of the revenue. And then now I'm thinking revenue, revenue, revenue. There's so much money out there. So much money. How, how, give me, 
Give me one one question for you. How are the Twins, who are in the American League Central, able to afford a contract the size that they gave to Carlos Correa? And you can't tell me. You can't tell me that the Royals can't afford that to sign somebody. You can't tell me that they can't. So why, why haven't we seen anything? I get it. It's a big proof of year for the Kansas City Royals. But I'm getting tired and absolutely tired. I think the fan base here deserves better. It does. And, I, and I, I'm here. I'm signing out the fan on this. I, I don't want to go to Kauffman this year and be like, all right, awesome. Get to see another year Bobby Witt Jr., see another year MJ Melinda, see another year Vinny Pasquatino. But you know what? We're going to end the season 10 games under 500. I'm tired of seeing that. This team deserves, this fan base deserves better. The team deserves better. And I do think the positive out of this, I do think this is the step in the right direction, though, by signing Aroldis Chapman. I do. It's all because of the regime change. Dayton Moore's not here anymore. Dayton Moore, if he was here, I don't think would be signing Aroldis Chapman. I don't think that's the move whatsoever if Aroldis Chapman's a free agent and Dayton Moore's here. I don't think that deal gets done. But... But, but the deal has gotten done without Dayton here. I bet if Dayton was here, Danny Duffy would be, already, be, would be already on this team and Zach Grinke would already re-signed back on this team. I firmly believe that. But it is not the time for it. And the Royals understand that, okay, it's cool that you guys want to be here. Like, we understand that. But if you want to be here and we see the production that you've had, I don't think Danny Duffy even pitched a, He didn't even throw a single baseball last year. But if you, we see the production that you have, we're not going to give you that $10 million deal that you probably want, that $13 million deal you probably want, that $20 million deal you probably want. I mean, granted, Zach Grinke or Danny Duffy do not even need to be getting a $20 million deal. But then again, that's me throwing numbers out there, trying to project a salary for them because that's, I mean, that's not my job, but I just like to do projections-wise. Zach Grinke, if he wants to come back on this team, it's got to be like a Rolls Chapman deal. It's got to be that one-year $3 million deal. And do I see Zach doing that? I mean, he's probably going to eat it a little bit and be like, all right, I want to play. If he wants to play baseball, he'll come back and play on that deal. He will. But I, I, don't, I think it's – this team, it might seem like they're not going the right direction, but the smallest little things are shining through that they are. So give it that few more years, fans. Let's give it that few more years. I know it, I hate saying that because I know last year I talked up the Royals so big, being like, this is a 500 baseball team. This They will make the wild card game as the, like the last seed in it. Now, this was me projecting it last season. And now this year, it's I'm not projecting that whatsoever. The next time the Royals are going to be in the, probably a playoff contending team, 2025 or 2026. That's the next time we're going to see this team in the playoffs. And I do believe in that 2025 season, that offseason, will be huge. I, I don't know who's going to be free agent, but I know for a fact it's going to be huge for one thing one thing only. I think we're going to see the Royals actually spend money for once. And that 2025 offseason is going to be huge. I think we're going to see the biggest money spent or sent out that the Royals have in a few years. And we're going to see that marquee signing to Kansas City, and I I can't wait for it. And I'm predicting that. Mark this down. I'm going to mark it right now and save it for a few years from now to where, if heck, if I'm even, we're still even doing this as a career, which I'm hoping we do here in the next few years. Hopefully we're still on the air and the airwaves here in Kansas City, but we'll see how things change. But... Firmly believe. Give it a few more years, and we're going to see how this Rodas Chapman deal has affected everything, laid the blueprints down for what's to come here in Kansas City because the fans deserve better here. They do. Haven't been in the playoffs since 2015, the year that they won the World Series. Like, come on. You got to build a, um, a winning baseball team, and they have, I, I guess, blueprints out there to win. To win.
we like playing games, right? I, we like watching games. Heck, I loved watching Lingo growing up as a, as a kid. But everybody, I, I'm not smart enough for it, but I know my sports. Jeopardy. Jeopardy is a game that's a, it's like a, a rhetorical, not a rhetorical question. It's a, a question that you answer, like, what is this? Um, uh, what is that? But here's a celebrity Jeopardy. Talk about the field of dreams. L- listen, we'll, I'll play the, the Jeopardy. We'll discuss... I have something to say about this. So this is what this is what happened on Celebrity Jeopardy. I think it was this week, maybe. I, I just saw this clip floating around Twitter, so I grabbed and we had to talk about it. The 50 states for 300, please. In Field of Dreams, a question is asked: Is this heaven? No, it's this Midwestern state, also known as the Corn State. Tori, what is Wisconsin? No. Candace, what is Nebraska? No. What is Iowa? Iowa. Okay. Okay. I. (laughs) Um. Let's replay that. Hold on. Let's just replay that. The 50 states for 300, please. In Field of Dreams, a question is asked Is this heaven? No. It's this Midwestern state, also known as the Corn State. Tori, what is Wisconsin? No. Okay. She said, what is Wisconsin with, with like such conviction of like, you know what? It's Wisconsin. All right. I'm the type of guy that's like, okay, guilty. I've never watched Field of Dreams from start to finish. Never watched it fully. Never, ever watched it fully. Guilty as charged on that. But, but, but I've been to Dyersville, Iowa. I've been to the set of Field of Dreams and I've also been around where the baseball stadium was being constructed at the time because it wasn't fully complete by the time I was there. Awesome. If, you have, if, that's, if that's a bucket list item to go to, definitely go to Dyersville, Iowa. Definitely go see the Field of Dreams set. It is awesome. It's breathtaking. And it was actually kind of cool to see like parents and stuff uh, playing with their kids um, out there on the field, like playing catch, but having a little type of game going on. But it's awesome. But it's awesome. I've never watched the movie before, but I'm a baseball purist. Even if I wasn't a baseball purist, I'm pretty sure with how remarkable that film was or is, they somebody would have got that right. Somebody should have gotten that right, especially I mean they're your celebrities. Like you 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 would expect that too, but then sorry, sometimes that celebrities aren't like that that way. But come on. People will come. Seriously. If you build it, they'll come. People will come, Ray. And now it just takes me to the field of dreams and uh, James Earl Ray, or yeah, like no, is that? If I'm hoping I said his his name right, I'm pretty sure I did. The voice of uh, Darth Vader. I'm 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 blanking right now. It's completely blank. I'm pretty sure it's James Earl Ray. I, I'm double. I'm fact checking right now. I know this is James Earl Jones. James Earl Ray. I'm pretty sure was some type of something else. James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader. I, I now I'm I'm blushing right now. My face is red. I I'm flabbergasted that I could not remember his name. I'm so sorry. His birthday was this week, and the fact that that question popped up, it you just have to listen to this. People will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. 
It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. Where there's money they have, and peace they like. Ray, just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. Where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick that I have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good, and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. All right, I do apologize for saying uh, James or Ray. The reason why I said that is because Costner's name in this movie is Ray, so that's why I was saying that. So James Earl Jones, one of the best legends in the business, and one thing that I came from with this movie is the fact that Ray in this movie doesn't have a single lick of money, but yet he's being told that people will come. Isn't that what the Oakland Athletics are doing? Like Nobody comes to those games except for big marquee matchups between the Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout bring butts to seats. Usually, typically, the O.co somewhat sells out when they come to town. And I get it. Absolutely get it. Understand that. But that's what you should take away from this field of dreams. Baseball is always going to be a constant here no matter what. So how on earth the people of Celebrity Jeopardy not get that heaven is basically Iowa in this movie? Like, come on. Like, I, I know this, and I've only seen bits and pieces of the movie, and I've seen probably that scene right there with James Earl Jones plenty of times. So that's the reason why I wanted to show, like have that played here on Saturdays at Kramer because baseball, I love baseball. Baseball is amazing. But now coming from that, I'm curious what your top three favorite movies are, sports movies actually. Because my top three all over the lines on baseball, granted, uh, Remember the Titans, as honorable mention, absolutely love that movie, but if I'm going top three, it's not in that type of caliber. Heck, even on, uh, even also another honorable mention, another football movie, The Replacements, Keanu Reeves, absolutely love that movie. I've seen that movie so many times with my mom and my brother. It's I, Anytime it's on TV, I will sit down and I will watch The Replacements. It's such a good movie. But my top three sports movies all rely along Major League Baseball. I would love to know what your top three sports, uh, my favorite sports movies are. Tweet at me, at Kramer Talks. I'll discuss that through, uh, throughout the show. But my top three, number one, Major League. For how grammatically incorrect it is now to this day and age, I hope and hope and hope it still sticks around. I mean, heck, it was on MLB Network earlier this week. Major League is so good. So, so good. 
for such a baseball movie. Absolutely love it. So it has to be number one. Number two, 42. The Jackie Robinson story, I love everything about Jackie Robinson. Absolutely. Heck, I was uh, growing up going to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum here in Kansas City downtown, which if you haven't gone to, definitely go. It's been a while since I've been there, so I have to make another trip out there at some point. Absolutely. Everything out in the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, phenomenal. Uh, Kendricks is such an amazing storyteller and everything. Heck, I even listened to his podcast. uh, uh, And uh, yeah, no, no, 42 is number two on my list. Number three, Moneyball. Money, even though they don't talk about Miguel Tejada too much at all, not even at all in this uh, movie whatsoever, Moneyball is still a great baseball movie, even though it's kind of a little bit fabricated in how things got there and everything. But I still enjoyed it from the aspect of listening to a manager talk to uh, an agent to or a guy that's like, I don't know if I even want to play baseball or first base ever again. Absolutely love the movie Moneyball. So my top three favorite sports movies of all time. Number one, Major League, 242, three, Moneyball. I want to know what your guys' is. At Kramer Talks on Twitter, please, or text me, tweet me, however you want to call. Don't call. Don't call. Like I, I, the phone line. There's a phone line in here, but I haven't figured it out yet. We will at some point get people on the air to talk to me. We've got to figure it out first. We have to figure it out. At some point, we will. But, yeah, no, my top three, Major League 42 and Moneyball. I want to know what your top three is. This is Sergeant Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. We will take a quick break, and we're going to re-rank the third basemans in Major League Baseball. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Welcome back. Saturdays with Kramer. I'm Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Um, A text coming in. Major League number one. Also McFarland USA. Another great movie with Kevin Costner. It's about cross country. Never seen it. But my mother texted that in to me. I appreciate you listening, uh, listening, Mom. Appreciate it. Really do. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, cross country. She's a cross country coach. I, there's no way. No way. There's no way I would want to run and run and run and run and run. That's why I played baseball. Who wants to, who wants to run around so much, sweat, be out of breath? Heck, I'm out of shape. I'm, I'm out of shape. Like I need to get back into running. I need to start doing some cardio when I when I work out. But that's that is something I can do when I'm off air. Is doing that. There's no way. Well, I mean, I wouldn't run on air because just imagine imagine doing a radio show. Well, like say if you have a treadmill in here, which I mean I'd be shocked. I mean the only treadmill in here is the hamster that's I was spinning the the ball in here to where the only reason why we're going over feeding over air right now is this little hamster on his uh, little wheels. Technically we have a technically we have. A treadmill in here, but say if I'm I'm on the treadmill the entire time, either running, trying to do a radio show, just imagine how bad of like audio <sighs> you'd be hearing me breathe constantly. I'm sorry for even doing that right now. So that people are when they do listen to this or who have they tuned in. Hello, I'm Kramer here on Stars of Kramer. You never know what to expect when it comes to an entire baseball show. I end up talking about cross country and then breathing into a mic. But honestly, that's what it sounds like uh, when MLB Network was discussing the top third baseman in Major League Baseball. Like, I, they have got to been running to where their head was all out of sorts because this list is absolutely ridiculous. Here's their tease up, and I mean tease up. This is on MLB Network. This is BK and Mike Lowell, which is, heck, he's a World Series winner for, I believe, the Marlins and also the Red Sox. I believe, I, th- I think he was on that 0-4 team. I'm pretty sure he's on that 0-4 team in Boston. 
But I know for a fact he won a World Series in Miami. This is Mike Lowell and BK discussing third basemans in Major League Baseball to, I guess, they said their golden age or golden era. It is still a golden age of third baseman. Mike Lowell is here. Top 10 is difficult. There's kind of a big six that it's difficult to figure out who's number one. Well, the word that comes to me is elite. We have elite base runners, sluggers, defenders, elite plate discipline. I go to my list and I'm like, wow, my number three guy could actually be the MVP of the league. Hold on, my number five guy could be the MVP right, of the right. league. This is really a special group. The top six, I think, are going to be on most lists. I think the bottom could be interchangeable. Some big names missed the list, though, BK. Right. Okay, so at the top, if you're looking at, like, there were great years for Arenado, Devers, Riley, Machado, Jose Ramirez, who stands out to you? Who do you really, without giving it away, who do you really like? I, I really like, let's call it a combination of Machado and Ramirez. Mm -hmm. That's who I really like. They're, okay. they're big monsters in the lineup. They come to play defense. They come to play every day. I think that's one thing that... We can really talk about those big six. You'll see when the, when the list is refilled, they come to play every day. They are durable and they are reliable. Some of the, the toughest picks that we have to make on this series are, it's not just one and two, although this, this list, absolutely. But it's like, who makes it on 10 and then who's not making the list? We have guys who have been number one and top five who are just missing this top 10. Whether it's the outfield or third base, third base might be one of the hardest to rank their, your top 10 right now. And I, I will rank my top five here shortly. But here's what MLB Network says the top 10 third basemen are right now. From 1 to 10. 1, Manny Machado. 2, Jose Ramirez. 3, Austin Riley of the Braves. 4, Rafael Devers of the Red Sox. 5, Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals. 6, Alex Bregman of the Astros. 7, Justin Turner of the newly formed Boston Red Sox as they signed Justin Turner, which I, that's that's a head scratch right there. 7, 8, Max Muncy of the Dodgers. 9, Yandy Diaz of the Rays. And 10, DJ LeMayhew of the New York Yankees, which I'm actually shocked and head scratching that DJ LeMayhew is classified as a third baseman for this upcoming season. What on earth is this list? You Okay, I understand the top two. Well, then again, I don't understand the top two because a guy that needs to be number one is ranked number five. Why isn't Nolan Arenado on this list not ranked one? What, he finished second or third in MVP votings, and if he did finish third, it was because he was behind Manny Machado. But Nolan Arenado had a, I believe, personally, defensively, and um, hitting-wise, had a better season last year than Manny Machado. Are they saying that he's regressed because he got a year older? Because that is stupid. So many people have harped on Nolan Arenado's career having an asterisk because the first six or seven years, or eight or nine, I don't know how many ever years he was in Colorado, they want to put an asterisk because he played in Colorado, which is so stupid. It's a Major League Baseball town. Why would you put an asterisk on a team because of the location? I get it. It's the fair, the, the thin air. He's able to hit bombs out left and right every single time he was playing there. What did he do last year in St. Louis? He hit bombs out left and right the entire time. Probably had, if it wasn't for Paul Goldschmidt, probably would have won MVP. Paul Goldschmidt wasn't on the St. Louis Cardinals last year. They gave more at-bats, well, not at-bats, give more potential of runs batted in and also more possibility of home runs being hit because of certain look, certain type of, I'm searching for the word here, certain types of uh, scenarios that will pop up on a, in, a, in a given day for a game. Nolan Arenado should have won the MVP last season if Paul Goldschmidt was not a St. Louis Cardinal whatsoever, or if, if say, the unfortunate thing happens to where he got hurt all last season, which I'm glad he didn't. Love Paul Goldschmidt. Love Paulie. 
But not having Nolan Arenado in your top three is kind of like a slap in the mouth. Like Austin Riley, okay, I get it. You're good. You're young. You're, you're going to be a dominant third baseman here, but not right now, not this upcoming season. I like Rafael Devers. I think Rafael Devers should be in the top five. But having Nolan Arenado at five on the top ten third baseman right now, just two spots ahead of Justin Turner, three spots ahead of Max Muncy, five spots ahead of DJ LeMayhew, that is a slap in the mouth. And I'm not even mentioning one of the better third basemen in the league that didn't even, I don't think he even got an honorable mention on this list. Or if he did, why are you an honorable mention? That's Matt Chapman of the um, Blue Jays. That dude is a gold glove caliber third baseman. He is a consistent hitter. Granted, he had a, what, 2-6 uh, batting average last season. And uh, he's not making your top 10 list. But Max Muncie is, DJ Mayhew is, who's played first base or second base the majority of his time in New York. Like, that's a head-scratcher. Like, what's going on here? So my top five, from one to five, I'll say five right there, because I'm not trying to go all, all ten. I don't need to. I, I, the top five guys that I have in my top five, you'll know that they are top five baseball players. Number one, Nolan Arenado. Number two, Jose Ramirez of the, of the Cleveland Guardians. I think Jose Ramirez is the, the second-best third baseman in Major League Baseball. He's a guy that needs to be talked about more often because of what he does in Cleveland, but he's not getting the spotlight because he's in Cleveland. This dude is going to, he's like what, five foot eight, hits, he can hit 30 to 40 plus home runs, drive into 100, 120 RBIs, have your batting average around 270 to, to, to over a three, have a, a above war of an eight or above. Like, this is a guy that is always going to produce no matter what he's doing on the field. Jose Ramirez is the, the, the second-best third baseman in Major League Baseball. Number three, that's when I'll start the, the conversation of Manny Machado. I don't think he's a top-one third baseman in Major League Baseball. He's in the top three, and I think he's should be solidified at number three. Number four, so glad he got paid. Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox needs to be in a top-five list no matter what. I love the fact that he's also four on MLB Networks, and he's four on mine because I believe that's where he's at. And for next season should probably be the number one third baseman in Major League Baseball, but we'll get there when next season comes, or two seasons from now. We'll get there. But number number five, Matt Chapman. Like I already said earlier, he's a gold glove caliber uh, third baseman. He can hit the crap out of the ball, and he's just had an influx of, all right, I got to adjust to American League East pitching instead of being all American League West through his time with the Oakland Athletics. And again, I also think Oakland Athletics players, once they leave Oakland, it's, it's like great, I, cool. You you were amazing in Oakland, but they really typically do a little bit here and there on other teams, like a cup of coffee and stuff. But I think Matt Chapman's different. He's like the Josh Donaldson esque coming from Oakland. Like how he left as of like Josh Donaldson leaving Oakland. I'm pretty sure he went the, the Toronto Blue Jays route as well. I think we could see a dominance or a possible MVP type season being produced by Matt Chapman in the upcoming near future. Because I think. They, they they both have very good similarities with each other, except for the fact that Josh Donaldson started off as a catcher for the Chicago Cubs, and he ended up transitioning to a third baseman uh, for the Oakland Athletics. I think, since we're not seeing the Matt Chapman switch to being a, from a catcher to going to third base, I think Matt Chapman's more pure in everything, and I think he should be in the top ten list to, um, next year, even in the top five. Uh, I got, Justin Turner, really? Max Muncy? I didn't even know he's a third baseman. I thought he played first, second, in the outfield. I thought that's where Max Muncy was at. And then DJ LeMahieu. That's still the biggest head-scratcher is the fact that he's on this list. And, heck, if you were even going to go for in all of Major League Baseball from last season coming here, 
if Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a third baseman this upcoming season, which if he is, they need to rework this top 10 uh, right now. They need to right now if Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a third baseman for the entirety of this upcoming season. Because he t- Bobby Witt Jr. would be a top 10 third baseman right now, I believe, in Major League Baseball if he's going to be a third baseman. But I'm curious to see where Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be at shortstop. And I think they're going to release shortstop, I believe, next week at some point. So we already know we we're going to have to discuss it because I have a strong hunch. I have a strong feeling. We will not see Bobby Witt Jr. on the shortstop list at all. We won't. Like, just, I, 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 I want to give you a spoiler alert there, all you Royals fans, that we will not see that, and I will be irritated. I know for a fact you'll be irritated, and you'll also be hearing all my comments and stuff that I uh, say on Twitter about everything when everything, all the news drops. Oh, gosh, such a bad, and I mean bad, top 10 list for third baseman by by MLB Network. You have (laughs) DJ Mayhew at 10. You put DJ Mayhew at 10 before Matt Chapman. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Okay, let's go around Major League Baseball and discuss everything that's also happening around MLB. Dansby Swanson last week, I, I was so annoyed with myself. So annoyed with myself. So after the show last week, of course I go to Twitter just to tweet out the link that, hey, if you missed the show, feel free. Click the link. Uh, leave, us, leave a comment. Subscribe if you want to, however you want to. Subscribe to your, your podcast once things are open, once the show's over. But Danzy Swanson, you know, he's the, the shortstop the Cubs signed to a big deal this past offseason. He wants to win another World Series. This is what he said during, like, I guess his little presser that they had for him. Like, listen to this. Winning World Series is it's almost like addicting, right? Like, yes. There's like a like a addiction to like the the journey of winning and like putting together a competitive team and like coming together as a group to do something special. It's uh, you can't beat it, and it's definitely like. I would say it's like a goal of mine to do it here, but it's like more than that. Like I think it's real. I think like it's a passion. Reality. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Wait, what? Did, did what? Did he just say he wants to win a World Series? He wants to win another one. It's addiction. He wants to practically do it in Chicago. <laughs> you really think? I mean, granted, the Cubs had a have had a sneaky, and I mean sneaky, somewhat relatively good offseason, depending on what pans out. They have. If I if I was discussing this like right after the winter meetings hit ended in December, I'd have been like, yeah, Chicago Cubs had a had one of the worst off seasons, but it has came around for him. It has. But Dancy Swanson wants to win a World Series. Okay, this the Cubs earlier this week signed Trey Mancini to a two year deal. So that means this off season the Cubs have signed Eric Hosmer for first base. Tucker Barnhart to catch, Drew Smiley to pitch, Dansby Swanson to play short, Jamison Tyon to pitch, Brad Boxberger to come out of the bullpen, and Cody Bellinger to either play first or the outfield. Okay, all right, a good movement, a a step in the right direction, something that I'd like to see the Kansas City Royals do, have like a little tiny little signings here, signing there, signing there, signing there. The fact that they got Trey, I love Trey Mancini. Absolutely. I, I will... He will always be one of my favorite baseball players coming up. Like even Baltimore, I, I I might be I might be a, a a closet Baltimore Orioles fan. I might be one. I might be the Baltimore Orioles. They bring up talent. It's just whether or not can they win or not. That's the problem. 
But the Cubs have had a sneaky good offseason. But if you put all those guys that they signed together, one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal, one two-year deal, three-year deal, I think Swanson signed a seven-year, eight-year deal with them, their focal point is to build around Swanson, but putting Bellinger, Hosmer, Bonhart, pitching Smiley and Tyon, are those the two aces you're trying to bring in since um, Hendricks isn't really the guy anymore? I don't know. I don't see the Chicago Cubs winning a World Series with any of these guys on their team. Because you have to get through the the, the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. You have to get through the Milwaukee Brewers. You have to play and you have to win those games against the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't see the Chicago Cubs doing that at all with the pitching rotation they have. This is a dominant pitching league now. James Tyon, granted, had a great career in New York. Had a, I think he had a better career when he was in Pittsburgh at his time before he went to New York. But the pitching there has to be exceptionally on point if you want to win a World Series if you're part of the Central. And that either goes from the American League Central and the National League Central. Because we already know the coasts of either the West Coast or the East Coast, that is where all the money is at for all these teams. And usually when you have the most money to spend, you're going to get your Justin Verlander. You're going to get your Max Scherzer. You're going to get your Garrett Cole. You're going to get your Carlos Rondon. It's funny that I mentioned four different players, and two of them play for the Mets, and two of them play for the Yankees because of location. All the money and revenue going in. The San Francisco Giants. They Heck, they, I think one of their biggest signings this offseason was getting Sean Manaya on the team. That's a big marquee type of guy that you would think that, okay, the Chicago Cubs could have had a chance in that. But they know the reach. And the reach right now that you're trying to bring more players into the middle parts of the central, it's not the most talented guys in the world. It's not. That's why you're seeing the Drew Smiley, the Jamison Tyone come in, and hopefully they pan out. This team is not a win-now World Series team whatsoever. And I don't even see this as a the Chicago Cubs as a win-now whatsoever in the next 10 to 20 years. I don't. I think they dug themselves in a, in a hole, kind of like I feel like that the, the Kansas City Royals dug themselves into a hole after they after they won the World Series. They kept the guys on for too long, and then when they cut baits, like slapping them in the mouth. Kind of like Anthony Rizzo. I felt bad when Anthony Rizzo left. Not a Cubs fan whatsoever, but I enjoyed watching how Anthony Rizzo played baseball. And when I think he got traded to the New York Yankees, it was a blessing in disguise for him. But at the time, it kind of sucked. I felt bad for Rizzo. For the first time, I felt bad for a Chicago Cub player. Javi Baez, not, I, we already know how my, my thoughts and opinions are on Javi Baez. But, yeah, no, this is not a win-now team whatsoever here's the Chicago Cubs. So, Dansby, when you're saying that you want to bring a World Series to Chicago, it ain't happening, it, especially if you have to go through the, the, the vaunted pitching rotation in Milwaukee or the St. Louis Cardinals. And even if you're thinking about the Central right now for the National League, the two, two teams with the best pitching are the Cardinals and Brewers. The team with the best pitching is the Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, those dudes are absolute spitfire studs in your starting rotation. Good for you guys. Around the MLB, Mets signed Tommy Pham to a one-year $6 million deal. That's, I think it's a, a great move to add more veteran help, I guess. Plus, it's cheap, $6 million from what Stephen Cohen's been sending out compared to all the other dollar amounts he's been handing out left and right to other players. This is a good move, especially for outfield help for the Mets. I, I like this one uh, for them. Another one, veteran added presence to the Seattle Mariners. Last week, we talked about A.J. Pollock. This week, we're talking about Tommy LaStella. 
I thought Tommy was going to come to Kansas City. Not going to lie. Really thought Tommy was going to come to Kansas City. I think he fits the mold of a Kansas City Royal. But the Seattle Mariners got another good one. They got another good one for this team to help them for their journey going through the entirety of the 162 games. Tommy LaStella is a stud. Well, if it was him coming for a cup of coffee for the A's, how he helped the team out in Chicago, or even as a San Francisco Giant, uh, what, two years ago when the Giants were like the best team in baseball? Like Tommy LaStella kind of had his little um, handprint in that of, the, of reasoning. All right, continuing around the Major League Baseball. Brothers of current MLB stars got signed to international signings. They have. Do you think you know who uh, the brothers are for... Who do you think the older brother is for Ilian Soto and Pablo Guerrero? Who do you think? I'll be five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, the Soto one's easy because it's Juan Soto's younger brother. He's 17 years old. He signed a... 200 uh, actually $225,000 signing bonus to be also be part of the minor league uh, part of his contract and the Guerrero one. That's Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s younger brother, Pablo Guerrero, who signed a $97,000 signing bonus with the Texas Rangers. Big shoes to fill, huh? Huh? You think they're going to pan out like their brothers? Cause I, I there's a good chance. I think I I honestly think one of these two dudes are going to be absolute legends in Major League Baseball, and I bet you anything's going to be Soto. I have a feeling it's going to be Soto. Because, I, I mean, how pure Juan is, you'd think that rubbed off on him. You would think. You would think. Oh, an underrated signing. Brewers signed Brian Anderson to a one-year $3.5 million deal. This, okay, in comparison with this guy, he's a super utility player with great contact rate. I thought he was going to be a Royals player. This is a better Whit Merrifield. This is an absolute better Whit Merrifield Brian Anderson is. That's how that's how he is. I think the Brewers got a good one here on the one-year $3.5 million deal. You know how last week I talked about Andrew McCutcheon? This is what he had to say on uh, the on social media when he was in Pittsburgh earlier this week or yesterday. What's up, Pirates fans? Oh, this looks pretty good. Uh, uh, this is not an old video. This is uh, recent. This is fresh. Uh, I'm happy. And I'm excited to be back. Can't wait to get started. Can't wait for opening day. Can't wait to be back around my fans, man. Looking forward to it. So let's go, Bucks. And uh, shoot, I'm a goo. All right. I watching that. I had the biggest. I still have. The, I, I I still am smiling over this because I am so happy. I'm actually happy for Andrew McCutcheon. I, he was one of my favorite baseball players when growing up. Throughout, I mean, when I was growing up through middle school and high school, seeing him his career progress that way. And Pittsburgh Pirate had the dreadlocks. He plundered the locks like he was in the ESPN commercials. I'm making a bet right now that we're going to see Andrew McCutcheon win comeback player of the year in a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform. I think this is the Andrew McCutcheon revenge tour. And the fact that it has to happen once again in the National League Central where I always spend my time and most uh, most of my watching viewership in, I get to watch Andrew McCutcheon again. In a, in a National League Central uniform. I can't wait for it. Revenge Tour is coming for Andrew McCutcheon, and I absolutely can't wait for it. I'm so happy for him, and he seems happy to be back in Pittsburgh. Maybe he helps turn that team around. 
But I, it's, I, I was so happy to, to listen to that. All right, one more thing. We go around the MLB. Then I got something to talk about with World Baseball Classic. Uh, it looks like we're not going to have another. Uh, we won't be having another break after this. So uh, we're going to just uh, pan the rest of this out um, on the show. Okay. All right. So this little girl, I guess it was a Blue Jays fan fest going on. And this little girl had a question to ask. Listen to the question and listen to the response. What team did you, was the East was the easiest to play this year. Ooh. Which team which team was the easiest to play against? Oh boy. Hmm. Oh, Vladdy wants to answer that? The Yankees. The Yankees. <laughs> the Yankees. Oh, that's awesome. The fact that Vlad's like, you know what? You know how I can win brownie points here uh, for Blue Jays uh, fan base? I mean, you play him 17 times this upcoming season. The Yankees. That is awesome. Like any, Even though they're probably one of the hardest teams to play against, the fact that Vlad is saying that is is awesome. Like that's and a great question. Very. We don't ask questions like that enough in the media world. It's like, who do you think is easy? I mean, it's not one of the questions we were, were trained or or like taught to ask. That's one of the questions we don't. But hearing that from a, like a, a little fan saying that, it's like, okay, it's, it feels good that someone can ask the question that we can't, basically. And they give us the, the I, I'm guessing, if, I mean, it's honest. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. tears up the Yankees. So, I mean, at least he's being honest with it. So, so yeah, okay. Uh, before I wrap this thing up, World Baseball Classic. I never thought about this. Never thought about this whatsoever. There is a strong chance that the favorites from the United States and the favorites from Japan could possibly make the World Baseball Classic Championship. And you know who that would be up against? Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani. What team did you... Was Play the wrong cut. Sorry about that. Every person I talk to um, that faces them... Um, you know, says they don't want to, they don't want to be in the box. I'm looking forward to it. You know, he's one of my good friends. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. That's Trout on Otani. I hope we get to see this matchup because this is the only time that we will pending whether the, the, the angels want to keep Mike Trout, which I mean, at this point in time, they're keeping Mike Trout and pending whether the, the angels want to fork up the lump sum of money Shohei is going to be offered, not by them, by other teams around Major League Baseball. Once his contract is up following the season, this might be the first time that we might see Trout and Otani do this, and this might be the only time we might see Mike Trout versus Otani, but they have to make it there to the championship game. They have to, have to, have to. Please, please, please make it there, and I I, I would be a giddy... It'd be like Christmas Christmas morning for me. That's how That's how I... I, I, I I want this to happen. I want this to happen so bad. Mike Trout versus Shohei Otani in the World Baseball Classic where every single team is loaded in the World Baseball Classic. Heck, I didn't even get the chance to actually discuss the actual potential lineup that we've gotten since the some teams have been finalized, like especially the Dominican Republic. My goodness, I can't wait for it. That's coming up in half the day. 68 days until Major League Baseball is happening. This has been Sizer Kramer on the best 1660 here in Kansas City. Kansas City, if the Chiefs don't win today, it's okay. 
even though they probably will. I think final score, I said 20, 28, 24, Kansas City this uh, following today. Yeah, that sounds about right. Hopefully everybody stays safe, stay warm, be careful. I guess it's supposed to snow a little bit today, so be careful out on the roadways. Everybody, put a smile on your face. You never know who needs to see something bright in their day, and hopefully it's uh, a smile that you can uh, present to them. Have a good one, Kansas City. Bump it. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660.